right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 20 of Business Therapy. My name is Sam, and I'm here with Jonathan. Before we get started, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a comment so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly topics and discussions. Today, we're going to be talking about multitasking. But before that, I would like to take a breath and celebrate our 20th episode. Hooray. Who would have thought? Make it to 20. I'm just kidding. We're, we're in it for the long haul, folks. So uh, we're just excited that you know we're seeing the from 10 to 20, and hopefully then we'll say 50 and then 100. But in any case, today, I wanted to spend time on multitasking. Multitasking is coming up a lot in business as digital, especially people work from home. They have one, two, three monitors now. People are trying to do multiple tasks at the same time, which is sort of one definition of multitasking. And then multitasking in the traditional productivity sense of, I have a a queue or a work queue of many different types of tasks or activities or mixing projects and operating duties. And people struggle to balance juggling all those activities. So I think it's a timely topic. And I think it mixes a lot of the things that, that we try to talk about productivity, consciousness, how to be mindful about it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'll kick it over to you, John. Do you have any initial impressions about multitasking, at least in, in your work life? I think, uh, multitasking for the individual as opposed to multitasking for a company and how those two look because you said that uh, obviously today with all these efficiency tools and all this ability for us to get more done or access more information or be able to do more things it's causing everybody to take what I think used to be considered a uh, um, a boon if somebody could multitask. I, I think I still see uh, job ads that say ability to multitask is, is, is a must. Um, and it's making that almost impossible to meet. Um, so I think I'd like to talk about both dimensions, the individual and the company, how it expresses itself there. Yeah, it's an interesting thing you bring up about the multitasking in job posts. I'm sure anyone who's been job seeking recently sees it because I've seen it too, which is ability to multitask as if it's expected. And in a way, it's kind of the company saying at a company level, we're going to expect you to have a bunch of things going on that may not seem directly related at first. And you're going to have to be able to field that, which in a way is kind of a condemnation on the company's organization in some ways that the role itself is not going to be consolidated or it's not going to be contained in one lane of activity again i guess you could say it's this is the topic right is it a trend that we think is 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 productive that companies are going to expect people to be more versatile balance way more activity than maybe they did 10 or 20 years ago and and be able to juggle multiple things on their plate simultaneously um and and i, and I think part of it i think that's the key the balance the, the, i don't think we're going to end up with some uh, straight answer that multitasking good, multitasking bad, either for on the company level or the individual, it, it's more just a balance. And I think we've had a lot of episodes that le have led up to this in terms of organizational maturity and the ability to execute. You know, So throwing on a lot of tasks or having the illusion of activity, as we've, we've said in the past, that uh, could be looked at as multitasking, but at the end of the day, it's about results and execution. So if, uh, if the results aren't there, the ability to engage in a lot of activity is not particularly impressive. Yeah, that's certainly true. You can juggle, but if all the balls hit the floor, then, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not going to be a good outcome. It's almost, I, but I do, I do think it is going to be an increasing demand. Like we talk, let's start at the company level. When you talk about 
companies are going to expect people to be multitasking. Again, the definition I'm using there is not doing the like being in a meeting and reading a book at the same time, not like simultaneous activity at the personal level, but to let's, have multiple different types of activity. What's that? Let's, let's pause there on the definitional level. So yeah. there is a very important distinction between having a lot of tasks at the same time in your portfolio, let's say, and doing a, trying to do a lot of tasks at the same time. So if, if, I'm, if we're here on this podcast and simultaneously I'm looking at my email and working on that, that would be considered multitasking, but that's trying to do two tasks at the same time. And every study shows that people who try doing that do both very, very poorly. But more importantly, uh, most of the time when I see multitasking like that is during meetings, especially on these video meetings or you know, all these remote meetings now. And it really begs the question of, should the person be on that meeting? Because if I always see like people taking that period of time where they have a meeting coming up and saying, oh, good, I know I can multitask, quote unquote, during that time and get X done. Well, then why are you on the meeting? You know, like that's, that, that's really just contributing to waste and ensuring that whatever you could have done during, done, yeah, during that time isn't done well. I, I love Elon Musk's uh, rule in his companies that if you're in a meeting and you find you're not adding value or have nothing to say, you should leave. And it's not because you're not valuable or something like that. It's more, you don't need to be there. It's a waste of your time. You could be doing something a lot more efficiently uh, um, uh, with that time. And I think Sam's rule, tell me if I'm wrong, would be you probably shouldn't have shown up to the meeting, you know, to, to begin with. Um, and, and yeah, but we'll get into the personal side of multitasking, but I definitely believe I'm a strong proponent of not showing up to things where you're not adding value. And I think if people did that more, they'd find themselves multitasking a lot, you know, in the classic definition, a lot less. Yeah. On that point, I just don't even, uh, it's good to stay on this point for a minute, as you say, because this definition, I don't think we're going to talk about it in this way for the rest of the, the session. I don't agree with this. I don't even think it's a good, it's a misnomer in my opinion, because you can't truly I, here's a, here's my a take on this. You can't actually be doing two things at one time. That's, that's right. you're, you're switching your attention between the two. That's exactly. what you're doing. But you can't right. actually be doing two things at the same time, 100%. Exactly. So when you say, oh, I'm multitasking and work on a meeting, you're not in the meeting or you're not getting the work done or at least or you're splitting in and out. You're yes. splitting in and out of the two, which is very inefficient for your brain. Yes. You know, forget about creating waste for everybody else, but it's very inefficient for your brain because your brain has to load the RAM for whatever the activity is, then load the RAM for the other activity, then load, you know, and it's just doing that over and over and over. I guess this, this sort of tangent around the idea that one could multitask and be in a meeting, which is sort of the new, new age definition, like be in a meeting and then doing work on the side at the same time, that's the definition we're dismissing outright. That is not productive. It's been proven over and over that's not productive. And like Jonathan said, it's really actually just you avoiding the fact that you either didn't decline the meeting when you should have, or you didn't bow out of the meeting at the appropriate time. That 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 is not that is not endorsed by us, and it's not a positive form or definition of multitasking. And and especially in hierarchical uh, companies, there's always like different stakeholders who only wanted to make one point. You know, there's a, it's a two hour meeting. They just want to make one point or make sure that someone else didn't make their point or like. So in other words, each person has their own objective to the meeting. And, and uh, 
that, so they're, they don't, in their mind, they're not even multitasking. They're just being rude, actually. But <laughs> yeah, well, and also remember the do no harm principle. And this is where a lot of times in process study, you actually, you even showing up to appear to be respectful or whatever you would say, and you're actually doing work on the side. If somebody invites 100 people and 80 of them show up just to be polite and they're multitasking the whole time, like on a big Zoom call or like a town hall, then the author isn't getting real feedback, the, the, the meeting host or the meeting chair. Like they're not getting any feedback that says, hey, I, I invited 100 people and only 20 people thought there was going to be value. That's a clear signal, like to Jonathan's point, that the meeting was probably the host had something off in their thinking, but if everyone shows up and they're just doing different work, then it's, it's an ingenuous, it's a disingenuous conversation. And a lot of things actually go that way when you're just trying to be polite or you're trying to be meeting your obligations and being doubly effective with super productivity. It, it all often has that opposite result, even intentionally or unintentionally. But, you know, and I think transitioning back to where I think you want to go in the conversation, truly mindful multitasking is strongly related to prioritization and having focused objectives. So, you know, the, the, the first problem with these meetings and, or, you know, when, if, if you're someone who, whose schedule is just all booked up for you, you know, every, and you're just reacting to everything that happens in your world, uh, then already it's very hard to say what your prioritization is because it's been set for you. And, you know, you scale that across an organization and half the time, nobody even knows why any kind of meetings were set up. They're just a lot of people randomly showing up and not paying attention. So that's, that's, and that's not what people like. We go back to the job recs you were talking about when the job rec says ability to multitask. They certainly aren't talking about ability to sit in a meeting and pretend to be listening or engaged while you do other work. That's not what any employer is looking for. And that's not like a that's not a marketable job skill or job skill set. So yeah, we can kind of put that to bed a little bit. But I think back to what you're saying in the more fascinating part of this conversation about generally as a company multitasking or this idea that you should be taking on different, you should always have a workload that's full of different kinds of tasks or varied duties. I do think that's a trend that's here to stay. And I think it's actually one that people are asking for. Like there, it's funny because simultaneously people talk about being overwhelmed like we have a strong association with, hey, I, I'm multitasking these these few weeks while I juggle multiple projects or what have you with a sense of being stressed. But I think you just started to allude to it. It's actually variation. It's actually a lot of pros and I think benefits that come with having a, a diverse workload, a, di a diverse set of expectations of what you should be doing for a company, You know, a varied set of skills, a cross-trained workforce. And I think that generally companies are responding to the fact because what's the opposite what's the opposite of multitasking it's back to our as a very extreme example to our assembly line example where you're just screwing in nut number five on the on the chassis all day long and nobody wants that anymore but if you don't want to multitask that's what you're suggesting you're suggesting going the opposite way the, le the less you're multitasking the more you're just monotasking you're just a cog in the wheel and i think nobody nobody wants that anymore and it, it's almost impossible, you know, today, because if you're, what do you call it? Monotasking? If I you're, made that up. Yeah. I don't know if you should call them that. <laughs> if you're monotasking, um, then uh, that means that something else isn't happening for someone else. You're, you're a constraint. So if you, if there's a whole project portfolio and you play a role in more than one thing or anybody does, and that's almost always the case because subject matter expertise usually goes across projects and the like, and you're only doing one thing, then 
that means something is not happening for someone else and information isn't flowing as fast as it could, et cetera. So there has to be a dimension of multi, healthy multitasking uh, in, in today, uh, today's world. Yeah, and, and well, there's so many levels of this when you start to actually unpack it and what do companies actually mean or what are they looking for? But I think you nailed it on the head when you're talking about you've got to, you're going to have to expect that if you want to be a good team player, you have to be doing a wide range of things. You have to be able to be more flexible. You have to be more adaptable. This is what people are looking for in the workforce today. And this is what jobs are calling for, especially as change is happening in quicker cycles. And I think the biggest one is we talk about the operating responsibilities and the project responsibilities. A lot of times now in companies, large and small, you're making constant process changes or you're in a digital environment where you're meeting diff different market demands and it's going faster and faster. You have your day-to-day -day job and you've got to have project work that you're multitasking, things that are changing the process, things you're doing research, things you're, you're working on small you know, side things, I guess you could say, to, that are supplemental to your day-to-day. -day. Because if you think you can separate those things, you're not going to be changing at the rate that the market's demanding now. So I, I think there's that base level of multitasking that everyone sometimes gets annoyed that they get, there's still this cultural sense to me throughout different client sites that people get annoyed when you take them away from their day-to-day. But that's an expectation. That's the multitasking a lot of people are looking for. You're going to have to have carve out a certain amount of your percent of your of your day-to-day -day operating time to do creative work, to do innovative work. And people want that and they don't want it. I mean, I think that's part of the whole multitasking thing. Because the problem is that the assembly line offers a high degree of comfort predictability. So if I have a high volume of things and that might feel like multitasking because I have many of them and I need to switch between them, that's not really multitasking if it's the same exact activity, you know, the, 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 and there's absolutely no difference in skill, no difference in perspective, no, no inter different interaction with people in the organization. And I think in an agile organization, not I think in an agile organization, you're not always focused on the how. So if you're, when people say they're being taken away from the day to day, they're being taken away from the how they're working. What we're saying is today, you're looking at the result. You're looking at meeting an objective. And that's very fluid because how you get to that objective can change depending on some new innovation, can change based on market uh, factors. You're getting, we're getting so much data so quickly that you have to be able to change your how, but your why or your objective that's not going to change. So flexible people are focused on that and how they can add value to that. And that can change day to day. But if you're so caught up in your how, then you're, you're definitely not going to be part of that uh, more conscious uh, um, uh, interaction. And I think that is what, if I'm dissecting what people are talking about when they say we want people to be able to multitask, I think you hit it on the head right there, which is people have to be adaptable in jobs now. And I think if your perception is, well, if I'm having to do a bunch of things that are outside of my expertise and my core tasks that I do day in and day out, and you consider that different types of tasks, you consider that multitasking, then yes, everyone is going to have to start multitasking because that's the point you're making, which is with so much data coming in, that's why everything's getting faster. You have to change constantly. You have to be in this constant change curve. And, and that's where most people, I think, they struggle with themselves because I do think people want to be there. But then, like you said, it's easy to get overwhelmed. Well, let me phrase it this way, because I feel when I listen to people, they don't want to be on the assembly line. 
like the millennials and Gen Z, that that's mind numbing and everyone hates that. And it's like everyone's worst nightmare. But as soon as you throw way too many things at them too fast, or they feel like they're having to learn too many new things, then they're multitasking and they're overwhelmed. So what is the middle ground? And I think we have to have our, that's the, the, the topic of conversation of, well, if is multitasking good or bad, we want variation in our day to day. And we want to have clear objectives that we have the tools and we can be autonomous and we can be creative and we can solve them. And if that's overwhelming or stressful, that's something that you have to manage. But that's sort of the nature, I think, of where the beast is going. I think the employer to meet that dynamic that you said about, you know, new employees or employees in general, in order for them to meet that challenge, they need to be focused on two things, being very transparent on what the objectives are, you know, what, 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 what people are trying to do and how you as an individual are being measured and how you as an individual are being assessed, because that's the only place that you could possibly take comfort. Like, because otherwise it's totally up for grabs, how, I'll be productive or not be productive, et cetera. Now, that measurement I think would be a bit different than maybe what's in the traditional uh, uh, performance reviews. Uh, but I do think that there, there, there needs to be that some, some kind of structure to give somebody grounding on how they can go about their day successfully. I don't know if you agree with that. I'm processing that because... I agree fundamentally that as human beings, and I think we're quickly getting to the edge of what it means to be human in the workplace a lot of the time, we do want some ground grounding. I agree with that. I think everyone wants and craves stability. It, it feels like security. I think we associate stability and the ability to say, hey, I know what's coming and I know what I'm doing and I know how to handle it. It gives a lot of people comfort and they need a certain percentage of that. But as everything, we keep talking about everything getting faster in business, personally, there's so much more data, there's so much more access, that necessitates us to constantly give up grounding and to be able to not build these heavy structures of consistency and standard uh, and like be more nimble. So I agree that people want it, but I well, also think that it's almost going to be a limiter to people's careers and their, well, and their let, professional. Let me make growth. it. A, look, what I was saying is that the measurement would not necessarily be how many hours you spent that day or what, you know, what you produced, you know, in terms of paperwork or something like that. I don't know, like whatever you know, common measures might be, but it would be your relative contribution to helping a group or the company achieve a certain objective. And that and how you express that can be, that's wide open. You could be innovative in what you do. And, and the company should be flexible and saying, oh, I thought you were going to contribute this way, but wow, you're contributing that way. And it's, it's helping us reach the objective. That's, I think, much more conscious. And it still gives you some parameter because otherwise, like, you, you're, let's say you're working for you know, a sneaker manufacturer and you're sitting there designing spaceships. You know, like, in other words, you, you need some orientation for for what you're doing. I'm in alignment. And that's where we're getting into the meat of, I think, just debunking the word multitasking all around, because I, I think if I'm listening and I'm hearing what you're suggesting and I'm in, I'm in agreement, the incentive structures, the measurement structures all need to be keyed into groups to work to the organism as a whole, right? We have an objective as a company or as a team or as a department and how we go about meeting that everyone should be creative. They should be reading each other. They should be collaborating, cohesive, and that's just going to, the work that is that job is just going to be whatever it is in that moment, as long as they're being measured on the objective and creating value and moving directionally where the company needs to be going. 
And if you look at your job title in a role of the future, let's say that we're, that we're talking about, it's really going to be just do what you need to, to get it done. And if you like that kind of role, then you could say that it, like in reference to our multitasking conversation, you could say, well, my day changes day to day and I love it and I'm just doing my job. And in a way, no one would say that, oh, I'm, I'm forced to multitask all the time. It's, it's where that definition has that implication that you were expecting or one who would expect a certain level of, of standard behavior or grounding or security, you're going to have to forego that and have multiple tasks at a time that you may feel comfortable or unfamiliar with. And if you look at it that way, it's really a mindset, ultimately. And the, and the, and the workforce of the future is not, I don't think, going to have this expectation that well, I'm, I'm supposed to be, I'm hired to do A and I'm not going to have to do anything but A. Like that's not going to, I think that this is kind of a language almost in this conversation to me that's going to end up being phased out because everyone is going to have to be more dynamic. Everyone's job is going to have to have more color. It's going to have more range. The resistance to it is in legacy entities that are producing things that require essentially an assembly line of some sort because it's highly repetitive tasks, but they haven't achieved the automation that they should. And so their concept concept of what a role is, they would be like, it would be chaos otherwise. So you need people that are just doing these repetitive tasks all day. So we, we get out our, you know, whatever it is we're, we're producing tax returns, you know? Um, But the problem is that they're already past the curve. They're already behind the curve because they already should have automated all of that. And uh, then they wouldn't think of it the same way. Well, that to me is the real insight. You just nailed it, which is that in this day and age, if something is repetitive enough to be secure, any company who's doing their job should have put that to robots or automated it so that that's not the job that people are doing or would want to do or expected to do. And in that sense, it, it lends to this growing articulation of the future positions where you would never expect to have a position where you're just doing the same thing every day. Because if you are, you're just in a company that's behind, is another way to say what you just said, I think. 100%. I think you said it better. I think that the, um, the real challenge for me in all this, though, is that the examples of conscious companies or the examples of companies where the multitasking, what we're saying would be good multitasking, is a good idea, is very low. And as we keep saying, 70% of project activity is wasteful, not resulting anything. So the the real tragedy or the real problem I have is that for most entities, they're, well, I I judge multitasking based on a result. So if if you're doing 10 activities and you get, and you hit your target 10 times, then you can multitask, you know, as a company. But if you doing 50 activities, and you've almost hit one target, then that's not multitasking. That's chaos, or that that's just complete waste. You know, the, the image that comes to me as I'm as I'm saying it, and I think it's from something you said earlier. I, I've seen you, you know that um, the the basketball game in uh, like arcade game sometimes in bars where you have to get like uh, the basketball in as many times as possible, and they just yeah. keep rolling down, and you, and you just keep putting it in. And if you ever see drunk people do that. They're throwing the ball. They're everyone's having a great time. They're, they have almost no scores. You know, almost nothing goes in. Everything hits each other. Things fall outside, um, and that's that's the kind of image I'm I'm seeing with this multitasking at most entities. Because when I look at the score, it's not going up. They're not. They're not. They're, they're for every you know fifty shots. They're 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 hitting one, 
And I think that's not, you know, really a dimension of multitasking that we're talking about, but it makes all these tasks pretty wasteful and not mindful. Yeah. And it also, as we, as we dig in, in this conversation, I realize how it also has to imply, like you said, that they're not cohesive in a way, the idea that they're multitasking implies that the balls are going to be crashing into each other because they're not harmonized. Like they're tasks that are coming at you from different places and they're chaotic. They have to be chaotic somewhat in their nature because if they are all cohesive, again, it would be, it would be part of harmonized activity and one wouldn't consider it multitasking, I think. And that's why I, 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 as we get into it more, my punchline would be kind of variation in tasks is good. Autonomy is good. Objective-based work is good. Multitasking, juggling multiple unlike priorities, chaotic, taking on chaotic requests from different places that are not articulated well, or they don't have any uh, relation to one another. I think that's, that's bad. And that's always going to be bad. I mean, like you said, it, you don't want, you don't want to have 50 things on your plate and sure you can manage it, but you only get a few done that that's a matter of, you shouldn't have had all those things on your plate. Those should, things shouldn't have even been given to you. So that's, I guess that may be a whole deeper layer or level of it. Well, I think that's, that's the same thing. Like with the basketball analogy I gave, like it's activity and you get it done. You put the ball up, it went through the, you know, didn't go in, but it, dribbled back down and you cycle through until the end of the game. Uh, but you, you haven't really moved anything forward. And I, and I, uh, th that's, uh, that's the dynamic that uh, I, I find very, very uh, problematic. Yeah. So totally that's, agree. I mean, that, that it goes to all our old conversations about, you know, organizational maturity and, you know, how you get things done in an organization and, uh I think that activity needs to be mindful too. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, in a way, this whole conversation is driven around, are we pro or con or are we for or against the idea that multitasking should be in a, in a healthy job requisition? Like, should somebody be expected to multitask? And I think really the, the summary is no, it shouldn't because you should be not special. Like you should be willing to do a wide range of activity to meet your objectives at work. But the work that you're expected to do should be cohesive and it should be consciously curated. And that doesn't mean it has to be falling within a narrow range of activities. It could be extremely broad range of activities, but it should be cohesive. It should never feel that you're juggling a bunch of things that don't have any relation to each other. I can't think of a single work scenario, a conscious work scenario. And I think that's a lot of what you've been articulating, Jonathan, where that was the case, where one would be expected to manage large numbers of work that have no relation to one another and and constantly require you to switch gears and skill sets almost entirely with no overlap that wouldn't that i don't think that 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 really helps harness people's ability to produce value and it really doesn't help companies with with productivity overall i think you know looking at the the individual um there's a book essentialism and i'm do you know this book sam essentialism uh what never heard of that one Essentialism. So it, it's basically the, it, there's several ideas in it, uh, one of which you are definitely a, a major proponent of, which is just stop doing things that you're not engaged in. If you don't feel engaged, stop doing them. You know, put your energy where you feel engaged and you'll be surprised how the universe, uh, um, you know, uh, comes to you and, you know, meets you, meets you halfway or all the way uh, in that scenario. But the other is, and he has this famous diagram where 
he shows like a person and then arrows going out, out, out of this circle. And that's doing multiple things. And then there's one long arrow. And I guess the theory is that if you put all your energy into one thing and did it well, you'd get very far as opposed to diffusing all your energy. So I think that there's an element of that, you know, and I'm saying about what you just said made me think about this idea of diffusing energy versus, you know, having, uh, um, you know, concentrating or focusing uh, energy. And so I guess my takeaway as an individual is if you're just randomly going through all these different tasks and you're not actually making an impact or adding value, you know, then that's, that's diffusing it. You're ability to multitask is directly correlated to your ability to add value. So if you can have multiple arrows that are going far out from you, great, you know, but I think you have to first be able to learn how to make your uh, uh, engagement have impact. And as you learn that, what that feels like, you can, you know, expand your, uh, your, 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 your dimensions that uh, in, in which you could participate. Yeah, you're you're saying you want to make sure that you're being productive in the things that you're managing, and you shouldn't be spending. I mean, it's again, it's another nod. It sounds like to summarize what you're saying, you shouldn't be spending a lot of energy doing things that you have no competency or interest in, because that's really a way to diffuse a lot of energy. Yeah, or 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 in, or the, in which you're making any impact, you know. So like just to checklist off all these tasks all day long, at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to have much to show for it, you know. So you want to make sure that it's very mindful in, in terms of achieving something. Well, and, and it comes back to a lot of our principal tenets of personal energy management, which I think is important to reiterate here, where you get the best bang for your buck or the best ROI on your energy if you spend it doing things you want to do. If, if, if you get excited and you get in the flow and you, and you pick a, an array of tasks that in whatever context they're being done in makes you excited because then your output's going to be higher and you're going to be doing more. I think for some people in life, they do want to do the same process over and over endlessly. They have a they have an undying passion for it. And at the at the far end of the spectrum, I see artists who exhibit this a lot, like a painter who, you know, they can make a million paintings and it looks like they're doing the same thing. But to them, everything has a similar aesthetic, but it's slightly different works of art. And each work of art is unique, and they'll just do that forever. People who make certain kinds of music, people who who do sculptors. These are people who are honed in and they just want to do this and they love it and they'll do it to a crazy extent. And then there's people who there's no rhyme or reason from an external point of view. They could do, they could, could be a hundred tasks and they pick 80 of them randomly, just whatever they feel like doing that day. And they get a level of general competency across them and they become very versatile. If they enjoyed it the whole time, then that path is just as, can be just as productive if not more productive for them than the other. There's no right except like you have to listen to yourself and follow where your energy wants to go. There is a big difference in the artist though, because in the artist scenario, their relationship to uh, a larger organism is just a market. But when you're part of a business, a conscious business, you have an impact into that business and that impact has a business, you know, has an impact on you. And so if you just might, you know, if, if you can't elevate your consciousness to be able to do more things, then yeah. you will be a constraint to the energy and Correct. whether you realize it or not. Well, that's why people who have a singular focus, they tend to, like artists, they tend to be working more solo. They don't tend to be complexed into larger organisms because I agree, as you say, 
in the in sort of a futuristic work setting where it's a lot more about the organism, the, the company is kind of a network that everyone is interfacing. The more tasks that you perform and the more people you interface with, it gives you more data, it gives you more vision, it gives you more connectivity to wider parts of the company. And in that you increase your utility. And that's not to say that you have to be the best networker. It just means that when you do the things you like doing, your interfaces with either the people who are giving you inputs or the people whose outputs you know, are receiving your outputs, you have connectivity and you can listen to them and you can do more to help and, and, and integrate into the network. And I think in general, that concept alone is, I'll get more technical from a process perspective, it's where the market is favoring generalized employees and cross-trained employees versus largest ones. I think there was a long time where people thought, well, I will become the best underwater pipe builder and I will be paid to just do that over and over and over. But businesses need people who we're talking about are more flexible. They're willing to complex um, within different parts of the organization. They're willing to be flexible and fit turnkey solutions. Um, everything is more on demand. And to do that, everyone at, at a certain skill level needs to be cross-trained to do what everyone else can do. That's just the principle that makes the organization more flexible and more able to take on you know, blows from the market or rapid changes or what have you. So I think as a trend generally, it, it, I'm just, I know I'm kind of going off a bit on this, but you sort of to bring this idea of, well, the more you can do, the more, you know, utility you can add to the organization. We're seeing that on the process side too. And I'm in hundred percent alignment. And I think that's the real, the real multitasking is really just the idea that I need to be able to contribute across all the skills that I could possibly command. I have to find out what's the most interesting to me. And I need to learn all I can, because I think being cross-trained is generally the expectation and it makes you a more usable human resource. Yeah, so if you show up to work with your welding torch and it turns out that they figured out a way to weld uh, everything together with uh, without the welding torch, you got to be uh, adaptable enough to just put it down and say, okay, roll up my sleeves. How else can I help here? You know, and the, you know, one, one trend that I really like though, that shows that there is an evolution going this direction is I remember, you know, uh, I don't know how many years back, but people were very nervous about their first job, like, Oh, what career, what should be my career? And, 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 you know, this was some big decision, almost like now you're going to be locked in. And one of the trends that I like is, I see a lot more job hopping and a lot more, you know, uh, varied resumes at the beginning and uh, at the beginning of someone's career. And I think that's wonderful because if how are you going to know what engages you if you don't try a few things? And I think that's what you should be doing early on. I think once upon a time that was looked at as not stable, you know, so like someone's stability where they in the same industry in the same job for 50 years, you know, that that that's the kind of person, you know, we're looking for. And I think what Sam and I are saying now is that that's exactly the opposite of where consciousness is going and, and, and really adaptable and agile companies, because your utility diminishes dramatically with your inability to adapt. Agreed. And I don't know, I still feel like we're in transition. I remember, I think it was in the, you know, the late 2000s and early 2010s, where that was still the conversation where everyone's advice was, well, you can't jump, you haven't been there for more than a year, and you're going to look flighty, and you're going to look non-committal. And now I think it is changing with the generations kind of swapping in and out of leadership now. But I mean, that was still that's still, I guess, depending on who you ask, people say, oh, you, you exhibit no loyalty. But, but like you said, 
I, I know people in my cohort when we're hiring, if I see somebody who, who grew in a company and has 15 years in one company, that's a red flag more so than especially if, if it was the same doing the same exact thing yeah doing the same thing <laughs> well i mean unless i have that one you know square hole that you need to put squares into then yeah. like what what am i going to do or you better damn well hope that nothing changes in the future about this job you know about the role that, that, that nothing that they, there's no innovation or no ability to iterate from it because otherwise there's not a lot of stability in that and that that's another thing people really uh, crave the, the people that need the the routine of the how the most because it gives them some sense of security or some sense of predictability are don't realize it but they're in they're doing activity that's the least stable of any activity that exists in the organization so yeah. because it's the, like you said before the easiest to automate so well stability that's where you know i feel like we're we're getting to an a natural stopping point where something to reflect on is that, I, and I've said this in various forums, the new stability is getting comfortable with the constantly changing environment and what that means to you. That like, you know, there's a, there's a form of stability one can find in showing up to work and knowing every day things are gonna change. And I have my processes to handle change and I have the ways I'm gonna learn new things and I have the ways I'm gonna contribute. But that means stability is gonna come in your own resilience and your own personal process. It's not gonna come externally. I think stability in this next generation is really gonna have to be generated internally and that's the that's the evolution of people and the evolution of work because like you said it, it, i think it's going to be very quickly apparent in the next decade that if you're the kind of person that wants the same job the same duties and the same external circumstances to be fixed around you that's going to be expecting the impossible not the other way around i think it's very quickly going to be be flipped and and just in the course of like 10 or 15 years really i mean that's it's going to be a hundred percent reversal i think I still, you know, I'm, I'm going to end on one thought uh, for, from, from my side, even though it probably goes against most of where it sounds like I was heading to most of the conversation. I still say that organizations and individuals should do less and speed in more rather than just doing a lot because it seems to, it mimics this new consciousness that, you know, you're alluding to, Sam, where, you know, People, there's a lot more uh, variation in people's tasks, et cetera. That, that, that's a simulation of being adaptable and being agile if there's not uh, 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 value being added. So I still think that we need to, people need to learn how to uh, crawl before they walk, before they run. And, you, you know, otherwise you get this real gangly person running down the hall, you know, like that uh, isn't really very directional. Yeah. Well, and also I'll, I'll add just a postscript to that because I actually don't think it's as counterintuitive as you think. Like the, it was very evocative to me. I mean, when Jonathan's talking about doing less, it, it can almost in a way be, be being successful at less almost requires more. I mean, would you rather build a beautiful award-winning sculpture or would you rather pump out 50 that are just squares, just cut out of wood? You know, it, it, it's kind of to do the one thing right, it's going to take a lot more dynamism it's going to take a lot more variation it's going to take a lot more flexibility and cohesion and that's that's conscious business and that's us being conscious people so i think that's i think it's very aligned and that's a great note for us to end our 20th our 20th episode thank you yep and with that we will see you next week for another exciting conversation